What? You have a podcast? Computer. Show the historical documents. I can chew and walk gum at the same time. They are often the kinds of kids that are called super predators. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh. Where I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters. So I'm Ted Cruz and my pronoun is kiss my ass. He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured. I moved in her like a bitch. So we have the worst education almost in the large world. The, uh, the world that people know about. Don't experiment on damn Thanksgiving. Don't experiment on Thanksgiving. You experiment by your damn self. Grab him by the pussy. When the legend becomes fact, print the legend. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Recovery from Politics Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Frame, and today is October 17th, 2023, Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. I will not be having tacos. My kids have a thing, so I gotta go to that. Um, how you guys been? So the world kind of sucks right now, and what it really did is it led me down a rabbit hole of all kinds of stuff. Now, I'd like to preface this with we're all kind of playing catch up. I am not an expert on Israeli or Palestinian affairs. I simply read the newspapers. Uh, I read the front page. I read the back page. I read the whole damn thing. That that's really all it is. And when it comes to what the hell's going on, I kind of do what everybody does. You know, I go on to the internet and I ask questions and I go to trusted websites and I I try to find pieces and bits of information. And what I can tell you is that this con- this situation is extremely complex. But also, I am sympathetic to one side. Uh, it's the same side. I haven't seen anything to dissuade me from that. Um, so let's kind of get dive into it. You know, uh, I woke up and I checked the news and sure as shit, everything's still going to hell in a handbasket as expected. Um, and I was kind of curious. I was like, okay, I, I don't know who the Palestinians are. I, I, I really don't. I know where they are. Like, I know their location. There's the West Bank and there's Gaza, and that's really about it. And I know, obviously, they are, uh, their religion mostly is Islamic. I've never seen a breakdown as far as percentages. Like, I know there are Christians living in Israel, so you can't say every Israelite is a Jew right now, right? You can you can be born in Israel and not be Jewish. It's rare, like, obviously, proportionally, it's way off, but it is possible. Uh, I have not seen any breakdown as far as demographics of the people living in Gaza or the West Bank. You know, all I know is flat-out numbers. Um, you know, 2.2 million people live there in those very, very tight quarters. So, I went out into the internet and I asked flat out, you know, what what is this? Who are they? And this is what I got. Not all of them are Hamas, but they are all anti-Semitic. In its essence, this ideology is Nazism because the Palestinians have made very clear multiple times over the past several decades that the only thing that they desire is dead Jews and the eradication of a Jewish state period. There has yet to be a movement in Palestinian civil society to reject this. Every single time that the Israeli government has tried to make peace, has tried to establish uh, independent everything for Palestinians, it has been rejected and it has been met with violence and war. Wow. Okay. All right. So that wraps it up, right? I mean, they're all anti-semitic um one 
Israeli Jew who lives there uh, says that they all follow the ideology of Nazism, which is a pretty bold statement. Um, and, and that they have been offered peace multiple times by the Israeli government and, and a, a separate state. And Israel has gone to them olive branch in hand and, and said, here you go. You can, you can go ahead and here's your state and you can have it. Peace. And every opportunity that Israel has done this, and, and according to that guy, Israel's done this multiple times. They've tried to go out and been like, hey, let's have peace. Here's your own independent nation. We'll let you run it as you see fit. We'll end the blockade. We'll totally be cool with you. Um, you know, is that okay? And every single time they've done that, the Palestinians, not Hamas, this guy does not call out the terrorist organization that runs them, Palestinians. So he's lumping all 2.2 million in and saying every single time that they've gone in with an olive branch, the Palestinians have just been like, no, fuck you. That's his version of events. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, we have Americans saying it, and we have Israeli Jews saying it. Okay, cool. Makes sense, right? So this can't possibly be more complicated then. Everyone's on the same page. Except then I wondered. You know, I know the history, very broadly speaking, the history of the Jewish people. Right, very, very broadly. Um, obviously, most Americans brush with history when it comes to Jews uh, comes in two forms. Uh, one, if you were a theater kid, uh, Fiddler on the Roof. So we saw that. And otherwise, if you were just a regular American student in high school, usually they talk about World War II and the Holocaust. Right. And they go into that. And maybe you were made if you were part of my generation or later to watch Schindler's List, which great film, truly fantastic. Um, and, and to, to show you the genocide of all of that and how horrible it was. But outside of that, and you know, the general idea, okay, Israel was created officially kind of after World War II and everyone was okay with it because everyone felt really bad about like, holy fuck, like whew, Germany, Jesus. Uh, so, so we get it. Okay, cool. But I really didn't know who they were. And I really don't understand the Jewish faith that much. I understand a, a teeny tiny bit of it. And I've even often said that uh, an atheist like myself, uh, you know, if I had to pick a religion gun to my head, would probably be along the lines of Judaism. Uh, because the few times I've interacted with them, they seemed pretty cool, uh, rational. Um, a lot of them that I've met, as, you know, especially American Jews are like, you know, I'll, I'll talk about oh, what's this craziness about foreskin and pig and, you know, you know, pork and why do you have to do this and that and all the other things. And they'll, they'll look at me and even be like, dude, that's stupid. Like, yes, there are people who do that. That's their choice. It's not a requirement to be Jewish. Uh, most Jewish people I've encountered in my life have told me the Old Testament's bullshit. Like, it was just a story that was concocted, it was invented to explain things that at the time were unexplainable. 2,000 years ago, nobody had an idea of how the universe was being created. 
so, you know, they, they created a story to ease people's minds, to, to, to get them there, you know, it, but it was never meant to be taken literally. And a lot of the Old Testament is like that. You know, one of the reasons they don't eat shellfish is because back then, if you didn't properly prepare your shellfish prior to eating it, it would kill you. So it was like, yeah, don't do this. And the reason there are rules about, um, you know, homosexuality in the Old Testament that don't come up in the New Testament, but specifically, you know, there will be uh, rules about bestiality or homosexuality, and it's all in the Old Testament. The reason that those are in there, uh, even from, again, this is interpretation, this is third-hand information, but this is my encounter with American Jews, Jews has been that they explained to me, they're like, dude, you d no, like... Those were there because at the time there wasn't such a thing as a condom, right? And humans having sex in, you know, different ways allowed for disease to spread like crazy. Okay, obviously. That's known, right? If you go out and like fuck sheep all day, you're going to get something and it's not going to be cool, right? So this was a rules for like how to stay healthy and not fucking die too soon, right? And that's why certain things were put in there as that. And that's how it was explained to me. Okay, fine. But outside of that, I don't I don't get it. Yeah, they don't recognize the New Testament, which understandable, totally get it. But my understanding was rational individuals, uh they recognize their book is mostly bullshit, like they're like, "Look, dude, no, nobody was there." <laughs> okay? We made this shit up. It's a story. That's a very rational point of view, one I could get behind. And of course, they do teach, you know, uh, kindness, uh, the things most religions do. Kindness, love thy neighbor, although not specifically that. But, but you know, I mean, they had certain things going for them. And, uh, you know, so it was either Judaism or deism, which is basically, uh, as was explained to me, uh, God created the earth and the heavens and everything, and then like a blackjack, dealer at vegas went i'm out you guys have fun i'm gonna go build another universe over here and thus he the almighty he is not involved in anything we fucking do at all he has no say or control over anything great cool but again i don't really know the jewish faith and i don't really know israelis and i do believe there is a difference uh, obviously, I mean, you guys have met them here. Uh, I assume I'm speaking to an American audience and you've met American Christians who are totally cool. They are Americans who happen to be Christian and they do not hold any crazy, insane beliefs. And then there are Christian Americans who are batshit insane, hell bent on bringing the second coming of Jesus so that they can kill all their enemies. Like, you can have two sides of this, right? That there is such a thing as a crazy American Christian and a normal American Christian. You know, it, like it's it's reasonable to assume that. So obviously, that's got to be like in Israel, right? I mean, let's put it into context. Even right now, there are a lot of Israelites who are very pissed off at their prime minister, even though they just got attacked. Rather than rally around the flag like we did and just give a pass to Bush after 9-11, they're already starting to be like, okay, so as soon as we get this situation under control, we're going to hold this motherfucker to account, right? So, good on them. Like, that's a rational response. Yes, we're going to deal with the issue. As soon as we're done, it's your fucking turn, BB. You're gone. Like, seriously, they're going to be out for blood, and it's going to be great. 
I support them in that cause. That is that is a rational thing for them to do. Hold your leaders accountable. Damn straight. But I don't know them. So I went looking. אתם כולכם, אתם תהיו עבדים שלנו אם תהיו ראויים, אם תתנהגו יפה. אתה רואה את הציצית הזאתי? על כל ציצית אחת כזאתי אתם תתפסו, ואתם יודעים שזה האמת. אז עכשיו, כדי שיהיה הכל בשלווה, ואנחנו רוצים שיהיה בשלווה, חצי אני גם רוצה לזרוע, וחצי אתם תזרעו. ואתם, אם אנחנו נרצה, אתם תהיו עבדים שלנו. רק אם אנחנו נרצה. עכשיו, כרגע, אנחנו לא רוצים לעשות בעיות, אנחנו אומרים, אתם רוצים לחם, אנחנו רוצים לחם. בסדר, אנחנו ניתן לכם לחם, אבל אנחנו, זה אדמה שלנו, לא ניתן לך... מותק, אמרנו שיש שלום ויש שתי מדינות, מדינה בשבעים ושבע, תלך תעשה לחם במדינה שלך. פה זה המדינה שלי? לא, זה לא נכון. are listening on a podcast and didn't get it. That was a Jewish man speaking to Palestinians in a farm, telling them that when the Messiah shows up, David is going to come and he was going to allow them to subjugate every non-Jewish person in the world, if he'll have him. He's basically telling these Palestinians, you will be my slaves if I have you. I don't have to have you. You can just die. But this is actually my land. This is my farm, my field. And the Palestinians are like, no, you, I have a piece of paper. I have papers that show that this land is mine. Like I paid for this shit or this is my family's land. Right. And he's just like, no, it's not. It is Israel's land and all this. Right. He's totally over the top and it's crazy. It, it's nuts. Right. But you do have to wonder. Like, okay, obviously that's not all Israelis. It would be very foolish of me to paint Every Israeli the exact same way. To, to, to point at every Jew and be like, no, no, this is what they really believe. Right there. Him. Like, that's fucking wrong. That, that is totally wrong. It would, be, it would be wrong to do that. It would be the same as anyone coming into America and assuming every single one of us is a crazy batshit Christian from the Bible Belt. And like really, truly believes it and goes to church every day and everything. Like, that's not us, right? That's not everybody. So it would be wrong of me to do that. Right? So, I have this issue, because I'm like, okay, well, if you have, you obviously have crazy Israelites, Israelis, sure, you have crazy Palestinians, we know them, they're called Hamas, they're fucking crazy, um, but where can we find some middle ground, what would it take for Palestinians and Israelis to come to an understanding, to meet halfway, and, and truly do it, right, because again, th there's this story I heard that Israel has offered them peace multiple times and that every time Palestine is just like, nope, we need to kill all of you first. Okay, that, that's what I'm being told is what's going on. So what would it take? Okay, cool. Ignore that part. I'm a Palestinian acting in good faith, coming to Israel to say, hey, I want peace. And I believe a two-state solution is the only way to achieve it because just like you have your own nation 
that was built to defend your people because your people were persecuted, we kind of feel the same way right now. And so what's good for the goose, good for the gander, we would like our own nation to defend us, particularly against you. Uh, so what would it take? What would it take? Bring me one Palestinian from the West Bank and or Gaza who, before we get into a debate about Israel and Palestine and who has the right over which land and what things went on in history that dictates, you know, where we are today. I want to have a conversation with a Palestinian who says to me within the first two minutes of the conversation, the Jewish people have a historic and ancestral right to part of this land, and they have a right to national self-determination and national self-defense defense on this land. And all we, the Palestinians, want is a independent state of our own in the West Bank and Gaza. That's a lot of preconditions before accepting anything they say. All right? Like, would it be fair of me to go to an Israeli and say, first, you have to be Jewish-born and raised in Israel, and within the first two minutes of the conversation, you have to tell me that the Palestinian people have a historic and ancestral right to this land, that they have the right to self-determination and a national self-defense, and that Israel must actually say where their borders are officially and recognize everything outside those borders as someone else's sovereign land? Would those be fair preconditions? I mean, he seems to be asking a lot, uh, and moving that goalpost. Like, the question was asked of him, what do you say to the person who says, look, I believe Israel has a right to exist, uh, but you who haven't exactly been treating Palestinians fairly... Uh, what do you say to those people? And he's like, yeah, those people don't fucking exist. Okay, all Palestinians, if, in order for him to take them at their word that this is a peace-loving Palestinian, he has to give up and say all these things. And I'm like, Jesus, that that's a lot of preconditions. Especially, you know, okay, so he's not accepting any Palestinian who doesn't currently live in Gaza or the West Bank and isn't from there. Okay, well... There's a bit of a little problem, and I think he had to couch his statement that way, because the current people who claim to be the Palestinian government are living in exile, not in Palestine right now, okay? They're not in there. Some of them are living in places like Jordan or Egypt or anywhere that'll have them, and they have a little office, and they claim that they are, you know, have their own government. Uh, think of Venezuela and that, uh, uh, I... I'm going to mess up his name, but there, there's a Venezuelan who lost his last election to the current president. And so he's got his own government and the U.S. has acknowledged him, even though he has no power. And they gave him a little office somewhere and he's not in Venezuela. But, you know, yeah, sure. So you got to put that in there, because obviously the people that actually claim that they are in charge of Palestine are like, no, we do not support Hamas. And yes, we just want another state and we want peace and Jesus. We don't want to kill you. He's got to couch his words and like, no, it's got to be a prisoner right here in there. Because I looked into the claim that Israel has actually no shit offered Palestinians peace in an independent nation of their own multiple times. It's not true. I haven't found shit that does it. After World War II, the UN drew up a map and gave 25% of the population, which were Jews, 50% of the land, over 50% of the land. 
And of course, Israel agreed to this immediately. That's a great fucking deal for them. I mean, think about it. Hey, cool. We're in the minority, but we get the majority of the land. That fucking rules. I mean, imagine how pissed off we all are that the Republicans can barely do fucking anything. And yet, because of the Electoral College and the way that the the, the Senate is organized and the gerrymandering of the states for the House, like... They have to meet the lowest of bars, yet they get the majority of the power. And we're all sitting here like, you're telling me that in order to vote these assholes out, 60% of the electorate have to vote against them. Like, it's not good enough to have 50.1%. We have to have an extra 10% on top of that to get them out. That's bullshit, right? So, of course... Israel immediately agreed to this. It was a great deal for them. I'm not going to begrudge them. If somebody was willing to offer me $10 million for doing absolutely fuck all, I'd accept it too. Like, no strings attached? Great! I'm all for it. Except, Israel kind of cheats when it when he talks about those negotiations. This is one of those things where it's like, I don't know how much history this guy knows or whether or not he's looked into it, but Israel really fucking cheats all the time. So, First off, if the Palestinians actually have a government body that Israel doesn't like, or they hold an election and the outcome isn't what they want, Israel withholds taxes from Gaza and from the location. Just, just on a whim, they do that. If they don't like it negotiating with one group, like, for example, the Palestinian Liberation Order that was headed by Yasser Arafat, they didn't like that one. So they didn't decided to be like, oh, no, we're not going to negotiate with that group over there. We're going to negotiate with the Palestinian Authority over here, which is a completely different group. It's like it's like saying we're not going to negotiate with America. We're going to negotiate only with the Republicans. And fuck the Democrats, because the Democrats, they, they, they want a fair deal, and we're not about that. We're going we're gonna to go over here to the Republicans. It's a classic divide-and-conquer technique that they're, you know, doing right there. And then the, in the middle of recognizing several of these groups all at once, and, and to the point, it's crazy. At one point, I, I saw that Yasser Arafat was accused of being a communist. However, I can't find any information to support whether or not he actually was a socialist. Like... Yeah, he was corrupt, but I, little side note right here when it comes to corruption of bad guys. Um, Venezuela, Maduro, like every time America doesn't like somebody, one of the first things that pops up is, oh, they're corrupt, right? And, and we see this. The same thing happens over in Israel. However, I always kind of wonder, I'm like, okay, this person came into office and they were not corrupt at the time. They only became corrupt after they got into office. And I start to wonder... One of the things that goes through my heads, and especially with Venezuela, is, okay, the person gets in, they want to enact change. They enact changes that America, or in this case Israel, doesn't like. So Israel and America act against them. For example, with Venezuela, uh, the United States has shut off uh, the World Bank to them, told the Treasury not to you know, allow exchanges, uh, completely went to their allies, the EU, everybody else, and said, don't fucking trade with those guys. We don't like them, right? So they do that. So then all of a sudden you had a president... Uh, who's there, the people elected him, and now all of a sudden he's cut off at the knees because what he thought was, especially in Venezuela's case, he thought, I have all these oil fields that will make the nation rich, and with that uh, with that money, uh, we can use it to improve the lives of the people and also keep the assholes at bay, right? Because it was there is corruption. There's corruption in every nation, first off. It's just two degrees, right? So we have corruption going on in the state, but because the president is in an economically and financially secure position, they can enact their agenda and tell the bad guys to fuck off. 
But like anybody, when do most people turn to crime? Because legal means of doing things are not available to them. So I have to question whether or not Yasser Arafat really was a corrupt dude or if corruption was the only way he could fucking get anything done. Uh, because the same thing with Maduro. Is, is Venezuela a, a corrupt nation or is it that all legal avenues to achieve their goals are effectively destroyed by the United States and it leaves them with no choice but to turn to the corrupt mobsters in their midst and be like, hey, I need some help and the legal means are gone. What do I do? You don't go to a loan shark if Bank of America is willing to give you a loan, right? It, to me, this makes sense. So I do have to couch this. It's like, yes, Yasser Arafat had lots of money in a bank when he died, but I do have to question are they corrupt because they are truly corrupt, or are they corrupt because the situation around them made them that way? I have the same question with North Korea and uh, the, the Kim family. It's like, are they really corrupt, or is it just because they've got, like, two allies in the whole world and they have no one else to turn to? So, anyway. Israel-Palestine. So, Israel's playing ping-pong with these government authorities, and of course the two authorities have two completely different power structures, and nobody wants to agree with it. Again, imagine coming into the United States and saying, we're not going to deal with the Democrats, we're only going to deal with the Republicans. Obviously, Democrats would be really pissed off with that deal. But then, say the Republicans one day uh, get a wild hair up their butt and are like, hey, we're tired of being taken advantage of, we think we deserve something. And then the people coming in are like, oh, no, 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 no never mind, never mind. We're going to go ahead and, uh, and we're going to recognize the Democrats as the true governing body of the United States, right? So that's what Israel's been doing this entire time. But then the real, like, holy shit <laughs> moment I got was when I saw this. Hamas was encouraged and really started by Israel because they wanted Hamas to counteract Yasser Arafat. So that's kind of crazy, right? You have a, a sitting House member in good standing with his party saying that. Now, I will admit, Ron Paul is not always correct on these things, okay? He, he's, he's got baggage and issues like nobody's business. But that statement was recorded from The Intercept under Mehdi Hassan. And if you want to, you, it's real easy to look up. Just, you know, go to YouTube, uh, The Intercept, search Mehdi Hassan and uh, Israel-Palestine or, or whatever. You'll find that video. It's only about five minutes long, and it explains the entire thing. He explains all of this in much more detail with actual names, dates, and, you know, everything that Mehdi Hassan does. But he, he put that in there, and I was like, I would like that statement there, too, because it's it does help prove my point. But basically, is, you know, again, for the American analogy, somebody's coming in, they keep playing ping pong between the Republicans and the Democrats, recognizing one as the legitimate governing body every time it works to their favor. But then all of a sudden, they end up paying the KKK over there on the side, the white supremacists. They find this white supremacist group, the Christian nationalists, and they're like, hey, we're going to give you guns and money on the side. And yeah, you cause some shit. Yeah, destabilize everything for us. That's basically what happened. They brought in Hamas. They created Hamas, or at least allowed Hamas to fester to such a degree that, you know, if you're living in Palestine right now, it's like, okay, well, the Palestinian Liberation Order and Yasser Arafat didn't do any, me any fucking favors. And the Palestinian Authority, I don't even know who the fuck they are, right? But apparently Israel likes them, so that's kind of sus, right? So... 
uh, okay, and both of those groups were trying to be peaceful and negotiate in good faith, and obviously that's not fucking working, so, yeah, fuck it, Hamas, sure, right, like, I mean, imagine, we're not that far off from that, like, that is a lot of, uh, I think, Trump supporters, that's a lot of Trump voters, they're like, you know, uh, the Republicans are assholes, and the Democrats made a bunch of promises, but they never fulfill them, and, you know what? Fuck it. I'm voting Trump and hoping this shit burns down. Like, don't tell me that it can happen here in the United States, but not somewhere else under much more dire circumstances. Okay. Um, it's, it's crazy that that is nuts to me, but okay, let's stop for a second. Let's, let's stop. Let's give the benefit of the doubt. Let's take Israel at its word for just a minute. Let's take that guy at his word. All Palestinians have a Nazi ideology coursing through their veins. Every one of them wants to kill all the Jews and destroy Israel. Let's assume that's true. Why would Palestinians think that? Gaza, which is a place that contains 2.2 million people, Alex, half of them children. Half of the 2.2 million people are children, and it's one of the most densely populated places on planet Earth. You've got 2.2 million people crowded into 141 square miles. So they automatically become the victims of Israeli airstrikes because it's so crowded, because it's so densely populated. And it's basically like living, Alex, in an open air prison. And those are my words. Those are the words of the former head of Israeli intelligence just a few months ago, Tamir Pardo. He said, we're treating Gaza like an open air prison. It's actually a real place with real people. People, families, and they're living in horrific conditions, Alex. You know, 59% of Gazans live in poverty, 63% food insecure, 70% of young people unemployed, 90% of Gazans have no access to clean drinking water. The UN Secretary General called it hell on earth. We have supposedly a smart fence, an unbreakable barrier in between the sovereign state of Israel and Gaza. And on top of that, we have watchtowers and drones and 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 security cameras and soldiers and then we're supposed to have the police and then we're supposed to have a front line near the gaza border all the time so this guy's like really close to getting it right the guy who's describing the fence and and everything and it's it's kind of nuts to me i mean for me i i am naturally empathetic i try to see things from somebody else's point of view that 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 has helped um inoculate me against a donald trump right like i don't i didn't fall into the cynicism too much i i was sitting there i was like okay who are these people why why do people keep going for trump even though he's fucking insane right like i want to search for this reason and try to figure it out um, and I put myself in their shoes. Okay, like I just said, the, the Republicans are assholes. Uh, they're all for business. And I, I you know, they, they've gone overboard on the pro-corporate ideology. And when it comes to Democrats, I can't fucking support them either because Democrats are kind of assholes. You know, they, they, they make promises and they, they just never do it. You, you can't turn a coal miner into a computer coder. Just... I'm sorry. And you can't tell people to do that. Like that doesn't it doesn't fucking work, right? So I like to imagine. Okay. Imagine. 
You are surrounded by the world's most sophisticated smart fence. Fucker's 20 feet tall. Has drones, watchtowers, 24-7 guard. Behind that is a police force ready to fuck you up if you do anything. Nothing goes in or out of your territory without the permission of the people who built those fucking walls. Nothing. No food, no water, no medical. No electricity. They have control over all of it. Okay? Like, it's it's sometimes crazy to me to think about it. But, like, okay. Half the population are children. When they say that, they mean half the population. Literally, 1.1 million people of the 2.2 million people are under the age of 18 in Gaza right now. It has been described as an open-air prison by the Israelis. 59% of Gazans live in poverty. 63% are food insecure. That means 63% of 2.2 million people, which is, like, what, one and a half million of them? One and a half million people go to bed every night not knowing how they're going to feed themselves the next day. Like, that is a legit concern. 70% of youth are unemployed. That's usually, uh, at least by American metrics, that's like uh, uh, 25 years old and younger, right? So 70% unemployment of everyone 25 and younger. 90% of 2.2 million people do not have access to clean drinking water. And it is described as hell on earth. And you're doing all of this behind one of the world's most sophisticated fences and powerful militaries on earth, right? And then at the same time, your only allies in the region are terrorist states like fucking Iran. Great, right? Like fucking wonderful. Iran's on my side. Beautiful. Thanks a lot, right? But at the, at the same time that you're trying to work things out with Iran uh, and, and, and figure things out, they are actively going around making alliances with Saudi Arabia, the UAE, Qatar, all these other nations. You wonder what's motivating Israel to suddenly, out of nowhere, seemingly nowhere, deciding we have to go make deals with uh, Islamic nations like Saudi Arabia. And a lot of people at the time were pointing to uh, Trump basically backing off and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm you know, because he's a, you, you don't know what side he's going to fall on, right? Uh, one week he loves Israel, the next week he's criticizing Netanyahu, like, yeah, fuck that guy. Like, he's not a good faith actor. You can't depend on him, which means you can't depend on the United States anymore. And a lot of people thought it was that uncertainty that pushed Israel towards wanting to go do this. But in that, in reality, what it was was very simple. They were going around saying, okay, we need to box in the allies of the Palestinians to force the terrorist group that we propped up to negotiate with us. We have to cut off all of their allies so that only we have allies in the region and they have no one, okay? Plus, at the same time that they're cutting off all your allies, cutting off your food and water, living behind a fence that is just absolutely monstrous, and oh, by the way, they just keep sending in Israel's Israelis to, you know, take land any fucking time they want, you 
also have to get down on your knees, proclaim they have a right to self-determination, they have a right to live, they have a historic and ancestral right to this land, that they get to decide all these wonderful things, and only then, and you have to proclaim all of this in the first two fucking minutes of meeting any of them, all of that, and you're supposed to basically bend over, take it, and say, thank you, sir, may I have another. And that's fair somehow, in some world, in some way? They're boxing you in. They're boxing your allies in. And then they have the audacity to pearl clutch and be like, they want us dead? Like, maybe. (laughs) I mean, even if... They're all anti-Semitic and they want and they're anti-Zion and they want Israel destroyed and burnt to the ground. Even if it's all true, could you honestly live in Gaza, be born and raised there, and think that that's a bad idea? And I don't think that. That brings me to, you know, the closing argument of today. Does Israel have a right to exist? And to paraphrase Christopher Hitchens, because I'm not going to quote him right, Many countries are born from illicit means, okay? The, 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 the whole world is covered in nations like that. Canada and the United States, like, committed mass genocides on the native people to take the land. If you were to suggest that Israel doesn't deserve to exist because the land originally belonged to someone else, you would also have to say that, therefore, America shouldn't exist because of what happened to the Native Americans because the land originally belonged to them. We cannot go backwards. Um, it, it's, it's not feasible. We, we have to live right here in the moment with what is established. I would like Israel to admit where their borders begin and end. Israel doesn't do that. Like, okay, Israel has a right to exist. Sure. Now show me where Israel has the right to exist. Like, draw on a map for me. Right now. Okay. But we can't go backwards. We can't. Uh, The United States can't just deport 300 million Americans and, and tell the Native Americans, yeah, it's all yours again. Like, in a perfect world, sure. But, like, you can't. You just can't. We. It would be great if we could. We, we can't. Nobody has a magic wand that can do that. Uh, and then you'd have the wonderful question of where the fuck do you put 300 million Americans, right? Like, ah. And I do have to admit that I find the idea of a religious state on its own merits absolutely appalling. Like, church and state do not mix well. Historically, this has never fucking happened, right? There's no such thing ever as church and state being together and one where it turned out hunky-dory. Like, it, no. No, 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 no. I do not want church... I want church and state to be a very clear, delineated line. Probably using that word wrong. But a clear line between the two. Uh, I don't like how our Supreme Court right now is trying to blur it and trying to say that, no, actually, church and state is great. But, of course, again, my problem is, okay, well, which church? That is also a problem uh, because there are three over 300 million Americans. We're not all the same. And even though I am a straight white male, I could probably get by in a, some Protestant or even Catholic version of this. 
you know, if if that were to happen here in the United States, I could get by with it, but I wouldn't want to. I don't want that ever. I want to be able to believe what I want to believe within my own state, and I don't want my state starting wars over shit that sacred documents, scripture, you want to go to war over that? Like there are Jews in Israel right now who think that the end times will grant them the right to enslave every non-Jew on earth. If they'll allow us the courtesy of being their slaves. There are also Palestinians who surely would slaughter every single man, woman, and child in Israel. These are truths. Okay? But for me, if Israel has a right to exist and has a right to self-determination and has a right to self-defense, which I believe it does, then so does Palestine. Why wouldn't Palestine how can, you op- how can you argue that you have the right to exist while- and the right to do all those things and then turn to someone else and say, oh, but, but, but not you? That's bullshit. Especially when they already have a territory. Like, <laughs> the West Bank is not considered part of Israel by the global world order right now. Okay, the UN doesn't recognize it. Everyone recognizes it as an occupied portion of land by Israel. So it's, it's, it's not even like Israel has to give up anything. But again, if Israel has the right to all this, which I believe they do, then I think the only natural outcome is to suggest that, yes, so does Palestine. Palestine deserves the exact same thing to Israel. Do unto others as you would have done to you. Sure, you want to be recognized, we will recognize you as soon as you recognize us. I mean, at the end of the day, Europe helped the idea of Zionism propagate due to their own anti-Semitism. Okay, this was the early 1900s when Zionism uh, first emerged in Europe. It was an idea that they had. And I'm sure they, the, the rulers at the time were like, yeah, there's this group of people that everybody hates. Boy, it'd be great if they just went away. Like, this is, this is every time there's an oppressed people. Okay, that there was a back to Africa movement here in the United States as well that yes, there were black Americans who, you know, probably came up with the idea or were okay with it, but white Americans were surely on board with this idea, right? Like they propagated it as well. I mean, a lot of white supremacist Americans would love for this to happen. So, you know, I'm sure when Europe heard about this idea of Zionism and boy, if we could just find a piece of land, where, where could we do it? Oh, they want over near Israel or they want near uh, Jerusalem. Okay, well, good. There's no natural resources we really have to worry about over in Jerusalem. There's no oil there. Uh, to my knowledge, there's no uranium or anything else like that. And, you know, basically after World War I, they carved up the losers' territories, in this case, the Ottoman Empire, and they handed a piece of land over to you know, Jews from Europe as a prize. Like, here you go. Never mind the fact that there were people already living there. Right? And after the Second World War, everyone agreed, wow, that's a huge problem, and surely we don't want a Third World War starting over this bullshit, so let's try to fix it. So the UN came in and carved it up some more. And the local Muslim Muslim nations balked and went to war with Israel. And the only reason 
again, you know, that I found that they didn't succeed in completely obliterating this idea was because Stalin from the Soviet Union wanted to poke an eye in the American reshaping of the world. You know, America was involved in reshaping Israel, Palestine, the map right there, and Stalin was like, nah, fuck the Americans, I'm gonna go help the, I'm gonna go help Israel just to fuck up their plans. I don't know if that was right or wrong. Maybe he did the right thing for the wrong reasons, right? But the, now, right now, we have an oppressed people, born, raised, currently living in, having children in, an open-air prison, behind smart fences, with no chances of improving their lives for the better. If they organize into a government, their, oppress their oppressors act to destabilize them by literally funding terrorists. Then, point to the world and be like, well, you can't negotiate with terrorists. What do you do? Humans are not born anti-Semitic. No child is born with hate in their heart. I, I, you, you just, it, it's not a thing. It isn't. Hatred, sure, there's anger. Kids get angry. They don't get their way. They get mad. Whatever. Anger's normal. Hatred is something that is learned. It is a sickness that infects you and destroys everything around you. It kills you and the people you take it out on. But it isn't created in a vacuum. I mean, seriously, just imagine having to live somewhere where you're not, you're not getting out of poverty. You don't have access to clean water. Your electricity can be turned off on the whims of the Israeli government. And the Israeli government decides it after some of your countrymen decide, yeah, we're not going to take it anymore. We're going to go do something about it. And that's wrong. But right now, you have Palestinians who hate Israelis and Israelis who hate Palestinians. And neither side wants to see the other side's point of view. That's a huge issue. Right? It, neither side wants to communicate. The hatred is right there. They won't talk. They won't communicate. Neither side wants to communicate in good faith. That sounds an awful lot like us right now. Democrats and Republicans can't talk in good faith, right? Democrats, you know, if you ask them, hey, uh, in the House right now, they're trying to vote for a speaker. And, you know, the Democrats are like, you know, we, we can't vote for any of you guys. You guys are all January 6th conspiracy lunatics who are supporting an active criminal to be president. They don't live in the same reality as us. We can't talk to them. I see what's happening over in Palestine and Israel, and I see it happening to us the same. A lot of people, that guy included, are saying that we're sanitizing the message, that we don't understand it. I understand it. I see right here the little tiny seeds beginning to take sprout of the exact same situation that they have over there. Only it's not going to be religion driving it. I mean, religion will be involved. There are the Christian nationalists here in America who are totally fucked up in the head. There is there. But this is 
a major issue we need to understand. And I think the the best thing President Biden or any any president in the United States could do right now is to say, we're going to provide medical supplies. We are going to bring in, because the United States has them, we, we have medical ships. Ships, naval vessels, the only thing they do is basically they're, they're just hospitals on a boat. Send those over. Park them at Gaza. And treat the wounded. Arab, Israeli, doesn't matter. Wounded come into the boat, they're getting treated. Period. No questions asked. Doesn't matter. There are no weapons on these ships, other than self-defense purposes, I imagine, because they are naval vessels. But that's it. You should go there, and the U.S. should say, quite frankly, you do not get a blank check, Israel. You don't. It sucks that the Palestinians are in such a tight space, and there are so many of them, that you cannot airstrike for fear of killing civilians. That is the nature of it. You have to differentiate yourself from the terrorists. It sucks. America knows. We've been through this. But we cannot give you a free pass. I refuse to do that, okay? I hated it when Nancy Pelosi basically told Bush Jr., Impeachment's off the table. You're basically telling them you can do whatever the fuck you want. That never works out well. Tell me any any time in history where somebody was giving a blank check on their actions and it turned out fantastic. It just never happened. So I don't believe we should be going all in. I, I do believe we should support Israel. Israel has a right to exist. Absolutely. We can't go all the way back a hundred years and be like, well, actually, they weren't there and it was given away unfairly. Like, half the Western world, if not more, was created by the same way. The whims of somebody drawing a line on a map and declaring it so. We can't ask the Israeli people to just give up their fucking country Right? Any more than you could tell the Americans, us, get the fuck out. It's, you know, it's the natives. The Native Americans deserve your land. Do they? Yes. Should we treat them better? Absolutely. Is it practical? Feasible even to kick out all of us? No, it's not. We have to find a peaceful way forward. I believe the two state solution is the only way. And I think, honestly, I don't think Israel, the government, is being an honest broker in this. I think Netanyahu is probably kind of happy this happened. This gets to put all his corruption in the background right now. Now, we'll see if that holds. As you know, I mentioned at the beginning, it appears as though a lot of Israelis are asking very important questions and are just like, time's almost up, man. You're going to have to answer some hard questions. And then you're probably getting kicked out. We'll see if they hold up to that. I hope they do. Um, but I don't believe Israel's arguing in good faith. I think history has proven that. Uh, Palestinians, obviously Hamas is a terrorist organization. They deserve to be obliterated um, with as few civilian deaths as possible. This is a difficult situation. But at the end of the day, I think it requires the United States or the UN with United States full backing militarily to go in and mandate a two-state solution because I don't think this is going to happen anymore. I think United States should put troops, just like we do at Korea, we should put troops 
right in between the Israelis and the Palestinians, lift the blockade, let them govern, hold some, hold some elections. And yes, I know this is probably going to turn out badly, right? When we let Afghanistan self-determine, they chose the Taliban. This is a process. You cannot pick and choose the democracies you support. Either you choose and decide you have the right to self-determination. If they elect a fucking king, that's their choice. We don't judge Saudi Arabia based on that. They're still our allies, no matter how fucked up they are. We don't get to choose that. But we should give Palestinians every opportunity to make the right choice. We should go in and force it. We should mandate it. Because I don't see it resolving itself. Right now, both sides are in a position of, yeah, we really want to fucking get the other side. That's tough. Anyway. Uh, that's my two cents today. Maybe we'll go into more tomorrow. Uh, there's supposed to be a speaker vote in a couple hours, I think. So we'll see about that. Maybe we'll be talking about that tomorrow. Who knows? Um, and I'm sure I screwed some things up. Uh, it It isn't lost on me that this could all be misconstrued as anti-Semitism or... You know, like I've always judged, I, I, I've said, you know, if I was a Trump supporter and I'm marching along and I'm like, yes, I'm for Trump, right? I'm marching in this rally. And all of a sudden I look to my left and there are Nazi flags marching along with me. Like, that's a problem, right? And I criticize them for not internally looking at it and being like, oh, fuck, what do I really believe here? Because they kind of agree with me and that makes me queasy. So I do have that concern that by coming on and explaining the history as I understand it and my opinion as I understand it as an American practically atheist individual who doesn't really like the idea of any state being run by a religion uh, and does not like colonizers, oppressors. I don't, I don't like somebody's land being torn away from them. I believe in an egalitarian system where everybody's equal right now. That is not the case. You cannot say that Palestinians have the same rights as Israelis. To me, that is a fundamental wrong. That, that's just right there in the books. I'm sorry. Um, and it isn't lost on me that as I march down this road with this video in particular, and I say these things, there are probably, unfortunately, going to be some anti-Semitic people who point to it and 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 say yeah man you're right and that gives me pause because i'm not a nazi and i fucking hate those guys and i hate everything they stand for um i am trying as best i can to critique a nation a government that is oppressing people and i don't want this to be seen as that i i but i also can't control how other people see this it's it's tricky. The only alternative is not to say anything, to not understand the history and take a side. And actually, that's something I've been seeing, you know, people writing whole articles about how actually, Kyle, you don't have to have an opinion. You could just stay silent. And I'm like, I don't think silence solves this either. I, I, I'm not one of those free speech absolutists who believes, uh, you know, you combat bad speech with more speech. I don't believe in that. I do actually believe that some speech should be banned. Okay. I look at Germany and they banned 
Nazism, period. You can't fly the flag. You can't claim it as a political party. Like, it's fucking done. And I'm okay with that. Uh, which means, on its face, I guess I'm not in league with the ACLU on that. Um, so I, I don't know. I just know that I'm not alone in how I think about this. I do know that I do know other people who share similar views. None of us are Nazis. None of us are anti-Semitic. But the rules of the game that have been laid out, you know, the, the, the way the media backlash has happened, the way all of this has happened, is basically if you critique Israel, the nation, you are critiquing it from the point of view of anti-Zionist. And that's not true. Israel has a right to exist. It has a right to self-determination and self-defense. By all means, knock yourself out. They want to elect a king. They want to, you know, have an emperor. Whatever. You know, let Netanyahu do whatever he wants within the confines of his government. If his people are okay with it, I don't care. I just don't know how you can say that and then also turn around and be like, oh, but not the Palestinians. Or anyone else. I don't know. It's, um, I hope I'm being clear. I'm not as well-spoke as, uh, some of the people, you know, like, uh, Christopher Hitchens, who I tried to quote, like, that man just, like, like a knife could just cut through the middle of an argument and get there and be very clear at the same time. Like, nobody ever accused him of being anti-Semitic. Like, he could say what he thought, which is kind of in line with my view, uh, I don't want to speak for him. I never, I haven't read everything he's written or haven't viewed everything he's said on it, but the stuff I've seen, I've agreed with. Um, but he could do that. And I'm not a professional philosopher like he was. So I can't do that. Maybe it's beyond me. I hope I'm not. Anyway, this video has gone on long enough. Uh, stay safe. Try to have some fun out there. Try to get away from all this. Watch some football. Hopefully, you're not rooting for the Seahawks right now. If you're lucky, you're a Kansas City fan. In which case, congratulations. Uh, you'll probably have a dynasty going on pretty soon. Uh, yeah, uh, COVID's not over. Get vaccinated, and we'll see you next time. Hi. Thank you very much for making it to the end of the video. If you want to reach out, I'm on all the social media sites. You can find me pretty, pretty easily, usually some version of recovery from politics or my name, Kyle Frame. Uh, with the exception of Twitter, I've stopped using it. I still leave my stuff up there just for historical you know, record, but I will not be posting on that site anymore due to it's uh, a little too chummy with Nazis. I don't like them. Uh, but if you do want to reach out, I have an email, recoveryfrompolitics at gmail.com uh, and all that good stuff. Uh, I'd just like you to consider, you know, I don't have a Patreon. This is not monetized in any way. I do not have a staff. There's no writers. This is all just me using mostly free software to put together the best you can. So it doesn't look great. I have no formal training in any of this. So, you know, go easy on me in the comments unless you really think I screwed up, in which case, by all means, let me have it. Uh, but of course, like, subscribe, share, if you really do like it and you really do want to see more of it and you really think other people should see it too. Otherwise, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, yeah. So, you know, have a great day. Thank you for listening and uh, stay safe.